Hi, everyone. This is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. We are a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This week I've been releasing mini-sodes taken from excess audio from an interview with Jordan McNamara from um, uh, UTH. From UTH. Um, we got into a lot of different conversations while I was interviewing him and a lot of that seemed like really good or interesting information but it didn't make the main cut of the episode which is gonna drop on saturday so i've been cutting small sections of it up um, into these little mini sods that i can drop throughout the week as teasers and also just as interesting and actual information about our processes or different players that we talked about in this section we talked about marcus brown um who's a really interesting value proposition i think going into 2020 from the 2019 um rookie class um, I also left on a little bit of a Mokon Hardman take at the end because um, we ended up, well, Jordan ended up mentioning Brandon Cooks, and that's the second time in as many smart guys I've spoken to who've mentioned Brandon Cooks, so I thought it was leaving it worth leaving it on there. And then this little mini sode also got me to 12 minutes, you know? Um, all right, so I hope you enjoy it, and I will talk to you again next time. Thanks. NFL production is just more valuable than, um, uh, than college production. And so one of those arbitrage opportunities you, you were just mentioning, I always look for rookie wide receivers, wide receivers who do something in year one, but fall in value weirdly. I want to draw a direct parallel to someone from last year, but I'm drawing a blank. But a player I do want to ask you about from last year's class, if I might take up more of your valuable time, is Marcus Brown. Like he profiles of like, like Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummy podcast made fun of me because he said he's basically Harry Ruggs. And I can see that, but at least Marcus Brown broke out. For his team, Marcus Brown was a lot more valuable or had a lot more of a role than uh, Harry Ruggs um, for Alabama last year. Um, and so he actually comes out kind of well, but his production scores below average. Uh, you don't know what that is. No one does. It's one of the things I look at. Um, like his, his age-adjusted production isn't great. It's essentially what it says. But he was drafted top 25 overall, and he did something last year. That's all I want, something. And he's on a great, smart team. Um, probably due from regression, like you said about the touchdown rate. But like, I can't help feeling like I don't think Marcus Brown's a top twenty-four fantasy receiver or anything. But like, I do think we we've kind of write him off. Like, it's remarkably easy to trade for Marcus Brown right now. Like, it's harder to trade for Nikhil Harry, who had like one of the most negative things you can have on a rookie profile, which is a bad first year. Like, a, and again, bad is within context of rookie wide receivers in their first year. I'm saying, can you get me 400 yards? Okay, not <laughs> not can you get me a thousand? Can you get me 50 fantasy points? Not can you get me 200? And Marcus <laughs> Brown was positive in that regard, and Harry wasn't. And yet, I would in my leagues, it's a lot harder to trade for Harry right now than Marcus Brown. They're almost giving him away. So, like, do you mark like Marcus Brown? Like, I'm hoping someone says, "Oh, you're underrating the upside." Like, I really don't think he's. 
a top 24 wide receiver. But if he was, it would be a great time to go buy him right now. Instead, I'm buying him just because he's undervalued and, you know, I'm a dick. But <laughs> so I, like, I like doing that kind of thing. <laughs> you can have Nikhil Harry, who I told you to draft, by the way, and I have Marcus Brown, who I told you not to draft. Thank you. And um, But, yeah, do you have any thoughts on Marcus Brown from last year? Another. I'm just throwing random questions at you at this point. But No, no, that's fine. I, this, is, this is my jam, man. Um, I, you know, it's funny because, like, you, you – uh, again, the, the spread of – cost on these two guys is is funny because Marquez Marquise Brown is basically uh since 2008 I went back and looked there's five wide receivers that um finished with um, a season long ADP rookie ADP uh outside the first round and he's one of five first round wide receivers to do that so um yeah this year it's going to be and that's start one quarterback like this year that might happen again um, because the class is really good. Like it could be the opposite of, of typically why it happens. Um, but he was wide receiver five in, uh, in ADP for, for a good chunk of it in terms of rookies this year and was the first one off the board. So that just screamed to me like, okay, like that's probably a buying opportunity just based off. Like if I know nothing else, just based off historical pedigree, just that, um, and so that was, that was one thing with him. I, you know, it's funny. He's in DLF's ADP. I think this is, I think I have February's on my screen right now. Um, I'm not sure if March is out yet, but I mean, he's going ahead of Harry and, and drafts. And it's funny because the narrative you said is like, he's easy to get and Harry, no one will give him up. Um, but the startup cost is different. That's always, that's always an interesting market thing, but yeah, I, I think if I had to sort of put a, like put a profile on him, maybe he's not a top 24 guy. Um, but if he, if he settles in like, Hey, if you get multiple years of wide receiver three production, um, the difference between like wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 30 in terms of, in terms of production over the course of a season is not really that much in terms of, it might be like a couple tenths of a win. Um, if that, um, it's a pretty flat range, uh, and so I've never heard that before. It's good. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I have a I have a metric called warp, which is wins over replacement. And we were talking before we came on um, about some of the the old narratives and stuff about like yeah, I'm a UTH guy and some of the old narratives about it uh, about UTH. Um, and one of the things that changed it was actually warp uh, in terms of how we look at players and wins over replacement. And, you know, what matters, which is ultimately scoring points that, that allows your team to win. Um, so the difference really in that range is not that much. Uh, and so if that's like sort of where, what you get and say, Hey, listen, he's going to be, you know, if I could project him to be a wide receiver 30, you know, for, uh, for the next three years or something, something like that. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty general statement, but you sort of expect that range of outcomes out of him. Like that's not horrible. And especially where you're sort of getting them. Um, I mean, he's got a 46% chance of, you know, based on my base rates, it's a 46% of wide receivers who miss in year one hit and hit at some point, uh, in their career. So, uh, coin flip essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I, do I project him to finish, you know, with 120 targets in that sort of wide receiver two range? Probably not. He probably falls more into the wide receiver three, you know, somewhere between 100, 110, somewhere in that range, um, 
would be something more that I would expect, but that's not, that's, that's not horrible in terms of what his cost is right now. I'm literally looking something up. You made me um, think about him. Like he's not, I don't think he's DeAndre Deshaun Jackson. He's never going to be that good because Deshaun Jackson's primary great, but I, was, I actually don't know his age dot, his brand that is. I was like, how did he play last year? And that <laughs> question has to be answered for me because I'm OCD. Um, I can't spell Marquez. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I'll see if I can beat you to it. I'm looking at his um, graph. I like the graph. Racer by depth of target thing. Yeah, he got most of his... Okay, yeah. Uh, majority of targets between 5 and 10 yard line. Average A dots around, what, 11? 11.5. He's used a lot downfield, though. That's where he got all his efficiency. All right. All right. It's just for my own peace of mind. Yeah. <clears throat> um, while I'm on the subject of players that don't make sense to me, are you a... <laughs> I and yeah, we mentioned UTH like before we got in the pod because I don't I don't actually like blindsiding, but I do like arguing, and I thought we like could really get angry at each other over UTH ideas. But then it turns out you actually are a smart guy who's really reasonable. So unfortunately, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, but oh come on, team someone, up! I love these. <laughs> let's go, man. Um, no, McCall Hardman. If you like him, he's someone we can argue about. I I fully do not get it. Like he. Like, I do not get McCall Hardman love right now. It feels a little bit like the arguments, not the arguments, but the points people have made for him to me remind me more of Kiki Kuti than anyone. It's like trying to come up with some positive number. And you can find positive numbers if you look hard enough. Like uh, with Kuti, Kuti, I don't know, Kiki, um, it was he had more receptions in a single game than any rookie with this quarterback, I think, and that made him historical. And I was just like, that's great. And like, obviously, he's an amazing athlete because he's in the NFL. Like, I'm not trying to bad talk him, right. but like, that doesn't, that's not like what you look for to predict a good wide receiver for fantasy. Like, that number has never been referenced before ever. And with McCall Hardman, what was someone saying? Like, the percentage of his touches that went for touchdowns. I'm like, do you think that's good? like to predict a fantasy season that you want for next year. Like I don't, I, I don't get McCall Hardman at all. He, again, his rookie profile is bad, but that, that happens plenty of times in 2019. So I kind of just have to let that go. And he's on a great team, but like, I don't get what happened in 2019 that makes everyone, not everyone, but in my small bubble, McCall Hardman seems to be really popular and I don't get why. Do you, know why <laughs> i guess is my question <laughs> like what why is everyone Patrick like Mahomes is his quarterback i mean I that's mean, not a bad reason but there's like a lot of people on that depth chart <laughs> yeah and like listen uh, is sammy like the sammy watkins thing will oh burn me until the end of time like uh you know I, <laughs> <and me> both. <laughs> but he's, he's still there like again that's it. listen if if you're gonna make a bet and miss like i think that's the type of bet that you should make yeah um, exactly I, you know, you, you, if you sort of do that bet over and over and over again, like that's going to be profitable, even if like in the specific instance, it's not like, thank you. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that's just good process, but 
I mean, yeah, you, what you you don't like wide receivers that score fourteen, you know, score touchdowns on fourteen percent of their targets. Um, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, what that's that's totally repeatable. I mean, exactly no, right. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, um, I, I mean that it's all. I think it's just an attachment to to uh, Mahomes, and which isn't, I guess, the worst reason that you could you could. I mean, there's. I say we overrate situation, uh, you know, being attached to a good quarterback is, is probably better than being attached to a not great quarterback. I think the, the difference is uh, you have to be careful about the cost, right? That's the key. I think that's the key to all of this. Like you, you can like a player, dislike a player, but what's the cost and what, what's the opportunity cost you're, you're, you're giving up um, for him. And what, you know, what's, what other types of profiles in that range are you, are you passing on? I mean, for him, uh, you know, he's going right after, uh, Brandon cooks, for example, like, uh, you know, Brandon cooks has been historically very, very good. Uh, you know, four finishes in the teens, right. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.